What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to some more 20th Century Geek content. I'll move the microphone there just so it can be, it sounds a bit better. Uh, so, what's this going to be doing? Well, I put out some quite a question. I put out a search for some listener questions. Um, and I wanted to understand what you guys wanted to know. Basically, I do all kinds of different pieces. My topics change weekly or even actually from episode to episode. So, what do you want to know? And so I put out a search for some listener questions. And I got some listener questions from you wonderful, wonderful listeners. So what you'll also notice is not only is this going to be coming out on podcast. That's right. You're listening to me in your ears. I'm sneakily talking away to you. Well, you'll probably should be listening to somebody else or doing something else. But I'm also going to be coming to your eyeballs. That's right. I'm going to be on YouTubes. That's We're really going to be kicking off that YouTube thing. Not sure what I'm going to do on it yet, but we'll see. You know, there's thoughts. There's thoughts. Um, so... This is going to be out there as a YouTube listener, uh, you know, listeners' questions. And we'll try and keep this brief, because I have a tendency to ramble, as you have already probably noticed. Um, but before we start the questions, there are several things I want to just hopefully finally hone in on. As I've said, we have a YouTube channel. Go, check it out. There's some stuff on there already. Not just from me, but from the wonderful... Uh, stories out of time and pod uh, bloody hell stories out of time and space podcast i do with julian darius uh, so on there there are full length episodes yes that's right full length two hour videos if you can tolerate looking at my mug and julian's face for two hours well you're probably a better man than me um and so, yeah, go check those out. But there's all kinds of videos on there. We've done short videos. There's all kinds of stuff from the past. Me challenging the great Chris Phelps to a wrestling match, which will happen at some point. I'm telling you now. But go check that out. That's the YouTube channel. And more also all over uh, social media. Go find us at, on Twitter, at 20th Century Geek. That's at 20th Century Geek. I'm on there, and we do all kinds of posting and talking about... Um, films and, and stuff and the podcast and things that crop into my head, go check it out. Uh, I'm on all the social medias, Facebook and Instagram, both as 20th Century Geek, that's 20th Century Geek. And now I'm also on TikTok, 20thcg, that's 20thcg, go check us out. And more importantly, if you really, really like what we do and you really want to support us and you want to throw us some dollars our way, uh, we do have a Patreon page. That's Patreon slash 20thcgpod. Uh, we're on there as uh, and there'll be links in the bottom of this video and of this podcast so go check it out we do all kinds of things on there a monthly podcast called 30 minute thoughts where i give my thoughts on a certain topic chosen by the patrons uh, we also do quarterly creator corner where a, i contact and speak with a creator i've spoken with kieran gillen uh, richie mclean smith and we've got some other stuff coming up uh, down the line so we do all that kind of stuff so go check us out. And if you if you don't want to sign up and become a monthly donor, that is fine. I really appreciate it. Just go tell a friend about the podcast. Get somebody else to listen to it. Leave a review on one of your podcast catchers. All of that is helpful. But if you want to do some, just do a one-off donation, you can do that through Patreon as well. And it all goes to a good cause of keeping the lights on at 20th Century Towers. 
Anyway, without further ado, let's get on with these questions. So, I've got my questions here. I'm looking at the sheet. I'll do that. <coughs> Clear my throat. Get us ready. So we're going to bang through these questions. I'm going to try and keep this short. Is there any media in this age of media craze? How do you deal with trolls? Quite easily. I don't engage with them. Um, I've been very lucky, actually. I think I've kept quite a balance of my topics. Never really been trolled. I've had a, once or twice. Um, I've had to. Uh, when I gave my support to the 2016 Ghostbusters, which I actually do quite enjoy, uh, I got lambasted. Just ignored it. The few people that really pushed it, I told them to sod off. Um, other than that, I just don't bother getting engaged. I don't feel there's a need to be... Uh, sort of confrontational especially around social media like the so let's excuse me let's put this in context Snyderverse like the Zack Snyder uh, cut it's fine it's good I watched it happy with it not a problem am I then going to go out and tell people to restore the Snyderverse god no I don't want to see any more really don't however am I then going to go out and combat or take on people that do want to restore the Snyderverse and stuff no because it's each to their own. If they do get more, good for them. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. You know, vote with your money, not with not with hashtags. So I, I find trolls boring, uh, boorish, um, and not worth my time. Uh, if you could remake a favourite film, which one would it be and who would you cast? This is a, a, a difficult one because my favourite film um, is Ghostbusters. And uh, again, I don't think I could remake, or you could remake uh, Ghostbusters successfully, like you know, I like again, like 2016. Looking forward to Afterlife greatly, but there is um, a lightning in a bottle element with that first film. Just can't touch. I also don't think there's any point remaking a successful film. Like why remake Jaws? Why remake um, any of those sorts of you know, those blockbuster films? Like, there's no point. You know, you either build on them or you just leave them alone. Um, I do like this idea of legacy sequels. Uh, I find them uh, interesting, and uh, yeah, that that's something I think I, I, I'd tap into at some point maybe. Um, but uh, Robocop's the one. Sorry, I, I said I wouldn't remake any of these films, but Robocop is a legacy sequel. There was Neil Bloomkamp had this idea for, for a film that just followed Robocop and Robocop Two, and I like this idea of um, where would Robocop be thirty years after you know, that initial story. Because look at your house, right? You know, I'm, I've got a microphone, I've got this webcam, I'm doing this on my laptop. All this, none of this is 30 years old. Like, you know, 30 years ago, we had a basic VCR. And so what now happens to that technology? Like, how does Robocop, has he been adapted? Has he been sidelined? Is he now just data on a disc? Like, I, I want to understand, that's a story I want to see told. Like a 30-year-old um you know, redundant Robocop. Has he been superseded? How does he deal with that? You know, does he come out and be like, you know, in my day? Don't know. But I think there's a really good story to tell there. Um, other things I would remake. The only other one I really, really want to remake, and again, I love the film. It wasn't a huge success, weird enough, but I would make is Highlander. And the reason I would remake it is I would reframe it. Um, because I think the Highlander film we got in the 80s is the end of a story. Um, and I think it was supposed to be. That's sort of the idea. But I'd do like a five-film saga. 
um, culminating in the confrontation between Conor McLeod and the Kurgan, and have that sort of fight really mean something. So that yeah, you know that Conor McLeod's going to win, but like you really want it to feel like humanity is in the balance in that moment. Like you know, that, this is the thing of like if the Kurgan gets the abilities and all the skills and all the memories and the powers of all these immortals that have gone before, like he will turn the world into an utter um, cesspit. And, you know, Conor McLeod is the one that sort of stands, you know, is standing there as basically the saviour of humanity. Like, he has... I want to say that I don't want it to be, like, a a religious allegory. Um, But I would have it start, and, you know, the first couple of films, I would do them as period pieces. Like, I would do a legit period piece, you know. Um, Maybe bookend it in some way. But I think people are ready for that, if you're going to have that thing, you know, and then build up to this thing of it being set in the modern day and, you know, how the Kurgan has sort of, like, cut his way through history uh, and Conor McLeod has sort of been forced to do the same. Um, and I think the first one sort of, sort of does that, but it's just so compact that I just feel there's always something missing. Uh, and I think you can do a really good version of that across a sort of, like, a five-film saga. Um, so that's what I would do. Um... You have enough money uh, and decide to do a series there you go, of, of uh, movies from a property you know that hasn't been done yet. What would it be? Um, again, this is quite difficult because there's things like I would like to see Terry Pratchett, the, the Discworld books, done properly. Like they've done them for TV and stuff, but never really been done properly. But this, like you say, that the question is, hasn't been done before. Um, it's quite difficult, really. I mean, I'm looking around. I'm going to have a quick look around at the, sort of the stuff I've got on my shelves. Um, there's not really anything... I'm really sort of keen on, you know, that I don't think has been... T- I, I would really need to dig into that, because, again, it's that thing of like, what hasn't been done. Like, I'd like to... I'll tell you what I'd like to see done, actually. I'll tell, again, it's not a film series. I've literally just finished Chew um, by John Lehman and, and Rob Gilroy. Loved it. You know, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like comic perfection, that book is. Um, it's got humour, it's got heart, it's got action, you know, it's got it's got all kinds of left turns going on. Um, and I'd like to see that as an animated series. Now, it was supposed to have happened a few years ago, but it seems to have just died a death, but that's something I'd really like to see um, done, uh, and done well. I think they could, you know, really rip, let rip on that. Especially now you sort of seem like Invincible and these other things. Like, people are willing to accept this stuff and give it a go. So, yeah, uh, that's what's something I'd like to see. A bit more chew. Um... What's your favourite wrestling match? There are two. Two wrestling matches I go back to quite frequently. Uh, the first one is from Monday Night Raw, and it is the match that pulled me back into wrestling, and um, in a big way. Like I'd watched it on the periphery, and I'd been bits, bits, bits and pieces, but I'd sort of fallen by the wayside, sort of towards the end of the Attitude Era into the sort of uh, ruthless aggression era, uh, so like two thousand. And there's a match. Um, it was over the summer because I was watching it when I was in the States. Uh, and it's 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 um, Undertaker as the American badass sort of doing the, um, you know, the I'll make you famous gimmick. Uh, him versus Jeff Hardy. And so he calls out anybody and it's, he says, basically, anybody, I'll stand in anybody that comes out that, that, down the ramp. I will put my title on the lines. He was heavyweight champ at the time. And um, Jeff Hardy comes out and they have a hell of a ladder match. Uh, it's really good. It's a great match. But more than that, it's the fact that Jeff Hardy just keeps getting up at the end. And so, like, Taker puts him down, I think, like, chokes lands him in, on a ladder, uh, covers him on a ladder, and like, then does the, the leg drop and all this other stuff. Like, it's a great, great match. 
and Jeff Hardy sort of gets up at the end and sort of says like, you know, I'm not done. Um, and he then Taker comes down, pummels him again for a little bit, and he leaves. And again, Jeff Hardy gets up, and eventually, like, like Taker gets into the ring, and you think he's going to give him an absolute beating. And like Hardy's like holding his ribs, and he's trying to get up, and he's like holding onto the top rope, and you think, ah, oh, this is it now. He's going to go for the last ride or something. And Taker just grabs his grabs his arm, and you're thinking he's done for. Like he's going to snap him in two. Just raises his arm, pats him on the back, and it's like, you know, you've earned my respect, and leaves. And I was just like, your heart's in your mouth. Like it was such a good match, and it's one of those things of like just good storytelling. The other one comes from WrestleMania 19. Now I I have fond fond memories of WrestleMania 19. I think it's one of my favourite manias. But there's a match on that card that was phenomenal, uh, and that's uh, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, um, and it was the idea of Jericho had always looked up to Michaels and now felt that he had super surpassed him and become like a better wrestler and a better star and all this other stuff. And Michaels was sort of like, you know, the old dog, sort of like st- still good in the fight. Like, you know, could he come back from his back injury at this point? Uh, and they, it had a great run-up, it had a good angle, and that match is phenomenal. Uh, it's both guys sort of at their prime. Well, Michaels obviously, you no, know, pro- M- Michaels passed his prime, but still, there's a reason they call him Mr. WrestleMania. Some absolutely fantastic spots, but Jericho is just on top form, and it's a fantastic match. Um, and it's followed, sort of question after by some other great matches. You get uh, Rock Austin 3, uh, which is another great match, but I, honest, I, mean, I honestly think that um, that match wins the night. Really does. Absolutely fantastic. But those are my two favourite matches. And yeah, they say that they're, they're sort of, I could go back to the to the eighties and the early nineties, but that that stuff's great, you know, sort of Macho Man and Flair and Hogan. It's what I grew up on. But when I was really invested, they're the two matches that got me involved. Um, looking to become a big star wrestler, what title or match type do you go after to start your career? Um, I'm never going to be a cruiserweight. Let's put it that way. Um, it's going to be the heavyweight title. You go for the heavy. Intercontinental is probably a good one. You know, a lot of good intercontinental runs. But um, I'm not one for gimmick matches. Um, I like a good gimmick match to watch. But one of the things I think that establishes uh, a good wrestler and a good gimmick and a good a good star is a straight match. You know, you see guys come out. And I've seen... Uh, WWE didn't, uh, did this quite a bit at one point. Like They'd give a guy and go, oh, okay, here's the new upcoming. We're going to put him in a match and we're going to lead him up to the... You know, the Elimination Chamber, or a strap match, or a you know a ladder match, or what? We're going to put him in a gimmick match, and it was pretty quick. And the fact is, if they, those matches don't go over if you don't give a crap about the people involved. And so I think some of the best best matches. And if you say this to anybody, like what's the best match? I would say eight times out of ten, it's a straight match. People go to this match, and say for me, like Jericho and Michaels, or you're the one was a ladder match, fine, but like, you know that Jericho and Michaels match. Kurt Angle, um, you know, and Michaels at WrestleMania 20, I think it is, or 21. Amazing match. Kurt Angle and, and, and Guerrero did an absolute barnstorm on a number of occasions. Like, they're just wrestlers that were just phenomenal uh, workers, didn't need a gimmick. Chris Benoit, you know, regardless of all the tragedy that happened around that, like, could put on an absolute masterclass of a match. But with it didn't need a gimmick. It was just a straight match, and your heart was just there, and you were pumped for it. And the main point is they told a really, really good story in these matches, back and forth, back and forth. Like they, they, they could tell a story with these matches. This is one of the things I think gets really downplayed and really bugs me about when people say uh, things like, 
Um, Kong and God, Godzilla vs. Kong came out recently, and I enjoyed it. It's good fun. But people were like, oh, it's like watching wrestling. It's like watching uh, WWE. And you go, yeah, it is to an extent. But it's like watching a crap WWE match. Like, you know, I'm, I'm there to watch the sort of the Kong and Godzilla, you know, the Kong and Godzilla fight. But if you go watch uh, some top flight wrestlers, and again, like, all, you know, even like some of the, like you say, Jericho and Michaels, I've said, like, you know, or Angle, Guerrero, The Rock, Austin, found their style, found their way. Even Mick Foley, like Mick Foley especially, could tell a story. If you go back and watch sort of WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart versus Bret Hart, I, always, I feel funny about Bret Hart, but Bret Hart versus Austin, like that match is again it's a masterclass in wrestling, but also it tells a great story. Like it, it put over Austin as from a villain to a face. Like it, it worked. He, he, it's his face turn. Like he became the anti-hero sort of character in that match. You know, and, and that's great storytelling. And I, I just don't think people appreciate that as much. That you don't need a gimmick all the time, but just great, great storytelling in a match. Piss poor storytelling can kill a match. Any gimmick match. Like I've seen gimmick matches where they'll do all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's not a good match, and it just dies on its ass. Um, you get to end your career, wrestling career, with a dream match from any time. Who is your opponent? Again, like this is where I'm going to really just counter everything I've just said. Uh, if I was going to end my career, I'd like to end it in a really weird way, and that would be a buried alive match against Undertaker. And never come back. Yeah, that, that, I think that'd be awesome, because I think, again, some great matches done there, but that's one of my favourite underused um, gimmick matches, because you, you have a standard match in the ring, and then it'll sort of lead up the ramp, or that you know, and they end up having to sort of throw them in, you get the end, the climax of the match in those things, so buried alive match against Undertaker, definitely. Um, is there something in your podcast that has made you think twice... Uh, about covering it and why. Um, the only thing I ever pulled back on was when I did the Satanic Panic episodes. And the thing I really pulled back on, as I read sort of bits and pieces and I got into it, was the details of some of the cases, or the alleged cases. Um, and mainly because I'm not a true, a true crime podcast. They're, they are dealt with much better elsewhere. And I was sort of more focused, I wanted to focus more on the pop culture and sort of the wider the wider thing but there were a few where i was like i don't think this will work and so i pulled back and i'm glad i did because you know but that's the only time i've ever really pulled back uh on the details i think really because i did the amityville stuff 2017 and we really got into the details of the defeo case and it never felt right i did it as a, a double header because i then covered off like the amityville horror and, and the films and all this other stuff but getting into the DeFeo and, and the, the DeFeo murders really felt a bit uncomfortable because it's not really what I'm supposed to do. I might do it again, you know, if if it's relevant, but it, it, I don't know. I've never sort of felt like I've... I don't think I give true crime enough weight. It's something, you know, I don't want to um, play down a tragedy and feel like I'm just bigging it up for... for um, to then bump it off and go, but there was a film made about it because uh, it feels a bit cheap. So that's the only thing I've really sort of backed away from. Um, what are your most exciting to cover? What, sorry, what are you most excited to cover this year? Um, uh, I think that 
the biggest thing is obviously Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out in November, and so I'm going to do a big Ghostbusters month. That's I'm really excited for that. I'm going to be doing a full uh, film retrospective. We're going to talk about the cartoons, the toys, the games, the works, and I'm going to reach out to a whole bunch of people, sort of like the comic writers uh, and, and artists, uh, Eric Burnham, Dan Schoening, and um, hopefully trying to get some people involved in the cartoon on and stuff like that. So we'll see. But that's what I'm really looking forward to doing because I think you know, I'm a bit of a ghost nut. But the other thing I want to really do on that is. Um, I don't really cover in many ways, but I'm going to win this. I've talked about the the official content, but then I'm also going to tap into the sort of the the fan base, uh, the ghost heads, all the cosplaying and the fact that like there's a shortage of those ambulances, uh, the the Cadillac ambulances, because so many of them taken away to be done up as an Ecto One. Um, and so yeah, that's that's something I'm really excited to do. I think I'm really going to get into that. We should be cool. The other thing is though for Halloween. Uh, I've, I've got some, an idea I'm really looking forward to trying to sort out. And what it is, is originally I was going to do a Halloween retrospective. But then I thought, well, we're doing Halloween kills. But then I've got to wait. Then the Halloween ends comes out. And so I'm going to wait and do the whole full movie retrospective uh, once Halloween ends is coming out. So we'll wait for that. So I thought, what can I do in turn of that? So the other thing I'm going to do is a, is a, uh, a horror roundtable. Uh, I'm going to get people that have used on the podcast before. So like Dave Moody, Peter Laws... Uh, Stephen Bulk, might get Sean Hogan on, someone like that, to come on and talk about horror and do it as a roundtable, but just start it as a discussion. Like horror is a banner, and then to work around that. But to get these guys, like it's not it's not just me talking, but to get these guys to actually produce quality horror content um, to start discussing this stuff, and I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. So quite looking forward to trying to put that together and see how that goes. Uh, so yeah, they're the big things I've got looking forward to this year. Uh, towards the end of the year, there's other stuff coming. Don't worry, some great stuff coming between now and October. But they're the, they're the biggest that really sort of stand out for me. Oh, I'm also doing a Vincent Price month, and you know I'm a big fan of Vincent Price, so I'm going to be doing that to celebrate his hundred twentieth uh, birthday uh, this year, twenty twenty one. Born nineteen eleven, so twenty uh, seventh of May. You know, so you'll be seeing uh, some more Vincent Price stuff. Um, do you plan to expand on what you cover in the podcast? What would you add? So really, not so much on the podcast. Um, I think really more than on the podcast, I think I'm just expanding the platforms, doing the YouTube stuff, wanting to do more reviews. And the, the th- what it comes down to is I love um, the notion of 20th century geek. Uh, I love the title, I love what I do on it. But you're right, it can be quite limiting in the sense of I always focus on, on everything sort of pre-2000. Um, and there's a lot to cover there. But uh, maybe. I think there's some stuff I've got to cover. Uh, I might change to do more modern reviews, and I might do some other bits and pieces, but I'm I'm not sure yet if... <laughs> One of the things is, when I started to do this, I was looking to do something. There's there's uh, a whole bunch of podcasts that do sort of like, you know, uh, contemporary stuff. Like, so when Z- Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League came out, I thought, oh, do I do a review? And everybody does it. Everybody's doing it. That's not to say they shouldn't, because there's some great uh, perspectives out there. But... Um... I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't think it, it feels. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't be adding anything to that, you know. And we do it through the sort of stories out of time and space, which is a different way of doing things. Again, it's sort of going back and looking at specific films. But this thing of looking at contemporary things like oh, everyone invincible. It's coming out. Everyone's going to jump on that Winter Soldier. You know, everyone's jumping on that. Great. It's just it's it's all good stuff, and I listen to a lot of it. But I just don't feel that I'd be adding anything to that enough. So I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll get onto that. Um, the other thing actually talking about legacy stuff one of the questions I've got and I don't think I've written down which is weird but was about uh, legacy or 
uh, rebooting of TV shows and, and which show would I bring back was a dual-headed of a question. So firstly, what show would I bring back? Firefly, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, I'd give that at least of the show. The other one would be Swamp Thing, uh, the, the DC Universe slash HBO series. Um, the, the Swamp Thing, I thought it was fantastic. I loved that first season. Um, and if anything, what I would have done, I would have combined... Uh, he's, I know... Um, what's his name? What Ryan, Matt Ryan, who played Constantine, has gone on to be in uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is again a, a, sh- a show I actually really enjoy. But I'd love to have seen that Swamp Thing, um, and then had Matt Ryan come in as John Constantine for a second season and just have it wrap up the story or wrap up a story in a really nice way. I think giving it ten, twelve episodes, I think it would have been awesome. Uh, so uh, if I could follow on from a show, I'd give. Firefly a season and I'll give Swamp Thing a season just to let them really sort of pad out the story. I know that Firefly is probably a contentious one at the moment with it being Joss Whedon but still I, I do love that show um, and I'd like to revisit the characters as well just especially if you did it in real time as well go back and see what Mel's doing now and the characters you know that I think that's quite that'd be quite interesting. I haven't read the comics I should say I'm sure that's happened and I haven't read the comics so maybe I should do that instead um, and the other ones is um what do I think about these reboot shows? Um, and you know, is there any that I would I would reboot past shows? Um, reboot shows are fine. I think Legacy is. I think one of the ones I love actually is Ash versus Evil Dead, and I think that took took the concept um, of more of Evil Dead two and kept that balance of the insanity and the gore and the, the craziness. And I think that's that's a hugely successful show. Um, I think they can be good or bad. I think the X Files reboot was terrible. I love the X Files, and I will get onto that one day. But I think it was awful. Um, not not across the board. I just think it, it, it felt forced, and it felt like, okay, well we've got to redo this, and it just felt heavy-handed and, and, and sort of leaden in many ways. Um, and I think that's a real shame because I think there could be some. It felt so on the nose. That was the problem with it. It felt so on the nose that I was like, oh, this doesn't have the lightness of touch that I think previous the previous seasons had, even some of the later previous seasons had this just didn't have that and i felt that was a real shame um but yeah i don't think there's anything i would i would whether that i'd really reboot i like to look forward i like i like trying new stuff and weirdly because when i do a nostalgia and a reflection podcast I like, but what i mean is i like to go and go well that was good i might watch it again but i'm gonna watch something new like i've never watched all of the twilight zone so i'm now gonna we're gonna i'm gonna work my way through the, the original rod serling twilight zone um you know, this it's just about absorbing this new stuff and this thing of going back and rebooting stuff again. Like you know, it can work, but you need to be able to tell a good story. Just pulling characters out to um, just trot them out just doesn't work. It really feels heavy-handed. And it really sort of feels forced a lot of times. You need the justification to to to, to do that. What I would like to do more than that though is I'd, I'd rather take. Um, properties again this is the thing of like if it's successful leave it the hell alone like it was a successful for a reason like the x-files that follow-on felt leaden for a reason because it, it didn't have that lightness of touches before so don't mess with it but i think we're missing a trick where there are properties and maybe this is sort of part of the question but there's properties i think should be redone like i go on about the fact that i would like to see quatermass be redone not just a live show they did in 20 in 2005 but bring quatermass back as a character, like you know, um, a counter in the BBC is the counter to Doctor Who. You know, you've got your traveling in space. Like, all right, we'll bring Quatermass down and have something science based. 
I think that would really be cool in this day and age. So uh, that sort of thing. Or um, now they will stick with that. Let's stick with that. But that, that that's those questions. So anyway, um, let's have a quick look at these final two questions. Are there any episodes you wish, if you had a second chance, you'd do again? Um, Pulp Heroes, definitely. Uh, it's all my early stuff. Pulp Heroes, I want to go back to because I, I did the gamut of them, but I really want to go back and do like a specific sort of maybe pick two or three and really drill into them. So like, I really want to do a Shadow episode and I really want to do like a Doc Savage episode and sort of to look at those um, instead of looking them. Um, but then there's another piece of work that goes the other way. So instead of going in specific, I might go bigger because I also like looking at this thing of like the family tree. Like, okay, well... You know what's the the origins of Doc Savage? I mean, let's be clear. Superman's origin comes from Doc Savage and other things, and it sort of tracks back. So how does that all work? So that that fascinates me as well. Um, so that's something uh, I'd like to go back to. But also novelizations, film novelizations, are something that just fascinates me. Now I did I did an episode on it, um, and but I'd like to go back and do that more, and maybe do something more on that about those variants. Um, you know those lost direct cuts, especially now that you know we've seen all these hashtags. Release the Snyder cut, release the AS cut, whatever. Like you know, that's where the novelization was always this interesting thing to me. Where you go and go, oh right, okay, well that's interesting. That was not in the film. Uh, Aliens is a great one. That before the uh, Cameron released the extended cut, like the only way you saw the bit with like the you know the turret guns and all that other stuff was in the book. That was in the novel. Uh, and the same with Alien Three. Uh, there's a version of that that's much closer to the sort of the the work the the work print cut they call it the the product what they call it um, whatever they call it, the longer cut anyway that reflects that the book reflects that so I remember reading that and then watching the film and going these are two different bloody things uh, so that fascinates me and I'd like to go back and do some more work on on that maybe one day but that, yeah they're they're really it really and but there'll probably more but we'll see have your perceptions on certain things changed over time uh, that you'd like to recover. Um. Yes, and, and again, this is this is me as I've grown older and doing this stuff and engaging with people online, so engaging my wonderful listeners, but also just sort of seeing things in social media. Like you know, let's put a positive spin on this, all right? You get all the fake news and all the crap and the uh, the the hate that exists online, and it's there. Don't get me wrong; like it's definitely there. I don't want to paint a rosy picture, but one of the things I've tried to do, and I think I've I've succeeded in doing really, is I've tried to engage and learn from, um, I say younger, they're probably like 10, 15 years younger than me, but th th this new generation that's using social media for, for positive stuff. Um, and so I'm, I want to learn about those. And so I've, you know, they say as you become older, you become more conservative. I'd like to think I've become more liberal. Um, and I think the key to all that really is experience and exposure and learning, like, you know, um, whether it be people coming from sort of the lgbtq and trans community or you know coming from a different sort of uh, ethnic background or a different world experience like i i, I see this now as uh, you know a lot of stuff I, my experience comes from an, an unfortunately close to middle-aged white male in a comfortable part of britain um and and that's sort of you know the perspective i come from it doesn't give it any less validity that's still my experience that's my world view but I know it's not the only view, and I'm well aware that um, a vast majority of stories are told from that perspective. 
you know, I look at sort of, it's funny because uh, Julian and I, for, on Stories at Time of Space, have been doing this 50s block at the moment. We've been talking about this block. And one of the running gags is how sort of like how white the 50s were. Like, you know, um, there is no ethnic character in there and there's barely any women. You know, it's sort of, it's, it's quite funny to watch. Uh, incredibly dated. And so now there are topics that I've done that I think now I've learnt more, I'd like to go back and look at from a different perspective. And even some retrospectives in some cases, you go, nothing, mm, you know, film retrospectives, you go, oh, I'd, like, oh, I'd, be, I'd really look at this from, I want to see you know, the, the female perspective. Or, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the ones I haven't done yet, and we will do one day, is, is a full uh, Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. And that second film, uh, Freddy's Revenge, uh, has incredibly... Um, um, some of them better than others within the film, but there's undertones and stuff, obviously, of, of you know gay representation and, and is it a story about coming out and that sort of thing. And like, so I I want to explore that with someone who has had that experience. Like, there's no point in me getting some another white guy and going, well, this is really a truly a you know an outing story of of you know this queer story, is it? All right, well, I want to get someone on who actually can uh, you know can can relate to that and, and give me information on that experience. And I think that's important now more than ever. Uh, so, yes, I have changed, I think, in my perspectives. And I want to try and bring some of that in um, and uh, try and have that representation on some of the discussions that I'm going to have. Uh, and that's what I said about that horror roundtable. I've just realised to think about the people I've talked about. Um, again, I want to go and have some of those discussions. There's actually a couple of people I'm thinking of just top of my head now. I'm just thinking I'd like to, to contact and say, right, I want to have this roundtable and have you know, um, the female perspective, the sort of the, you know, the, the minority perspective on horror and have that, that in, because I think it's really important. So yeah, um, I, I think I will do that. That's something I want to redo. Um, so, but we'll see, we'll see how this goes. But anyway, uh, I hope this has been, this has been interesting. It's been interesting to me to get the questions. I thank everybody uh, that sent in the questions uh, and I thank all my supporters and all my listeners. So, but I was just, just going to reiterate everything as I said before, uh, if you like what I do, go to your podcast catcher, leave a review, one star to five star. I don't care how many stars you leave, just give me your feedback. I'm happy to change things and I want to have that engagement. So please go and do it. Come and find us on social media. Uh, as I've said, it's at and then 20th Century Geek, 20th Century Geek on most platforms uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're now on TikTok, 20CG, 20THCG. Come and see what I'm going to be doing on there, just pottering around probably. Um, other things, the YouTube channel, just 20th Century Geek on YouTube. Go subscribe. You'll find this video on there and you'll find other bits and pieces on there. Full episodes from uh, Stories Out of Time and Space and all kinds of bits and other pieces. Other things, though, obviously on Patreon. Go find Patreon. That's 20th, 20th Century Geek doing a podcast, 20CG Pod. Uh, again, links below in either the video or the podcast you are listening to. Go find it out. Um, anything else I really want you to think about? No, not really. Just appreciate the time and the effort you put into this. Share this with a friend. Go tell them to have a listen to the podcast. Probably not this episode, because that's a bit weird, just me telling them about myself as an opener. But, you know, if you think there's there's a film they like, I've probably covered it in some way at some point. You know, uh, we don't forget the retrospectives we've done, The Predator, Indiana Jones, Terminator, uh, Rambo, Robocop, uh, Rocky. All those films I've covered, all those film series I've covered in the past. You know, if you like those things, go check them out. Other than that, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate the time and effort people take to listen to this. So, again, thank you very much, and uh, we shall catch you uh, on the flip side. Talk in the next episode. Mm -hmm.